Blog Talk Radio. problems that may break or tear our support. On Reconnect My Heart, we discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad y'all are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call us at 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. Or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. <clears throat> also, you can go to our website at reconnectmyheart.com as well as in case you're in on social media, go to my Facebook page, Brother Prater. Also, if you're on YouTube, you can go to Brother Prater channel also. I would like to say hello to everyone. I want to thank you all for a fabulous Sunday. This is the last Sunday in, I always call it, my month. 
the month of September. I want to say a special shout out to all the September babies. Happy birthday. Rather, if it was before uh, today, after today, or even today, hey, this is our month. So I want to make a special acknowledgement about that. Not saying, listen, when I discounted anybody else uh, that were born on the other months, but uh, September, mm, I've always been fond of the month of September. So just wanted to say a special uh, shout out to that. So today, uh, in actuality, this was actually on my heart uh this week to talk about this particular subject and then I end up going to a church service. I want to say a shout out to uh, Chief Apostle Bunton, a great young man in the Lord. Um, Got a chance to uh, know uh, throughout the years. Great young man. I really enjoyed myself as well as even uh, just other services I've been at um, it seemed like everything was just centered around the message for tonight, and I was like, wow. Um, it may sound like an unorthodox uh, title for tonight, but there's a reason why I did that. Tonight, what we want to do, we want to talk about how sometimes the things that we involved in, it may be very fun. Sometimes just the things that we do that we know are wrong, it's not like those are the things you just enjoy the most. And so with that being said, tonight we want to talk about the title, My Favorite Sin. But the subtitle is what I want you to catch. With the title, My Favorite Sin, but the subtitle is it really worth it? You know, if you really think about it, for those those that know me, I believe in being transparent. I grew up in church and everything, so that doesn't mean I know everything. But also, on the same token, in my life, I've learned that I've learned that um, one of the things I had to acknowledge was I would make a huge mistake in making assumptions, and so sometimes even growing up. I used to assume when a person came to church and if the male had on a nice suit with a Bible in his hand, even behind the pulpit, oh, yeah, great person. Uh, they, I know that they live in a safe life, even if I didn't know them. But their disposition, the way that they carried themselves, I would assume because of an appearance or with the young ladies because she was well-dressed had a Bible in one hand, had the purse in the other hand, and she didn't uh, curse within the church, then, okay, everything's going to be all right. Well, I found out different. And so I found out a lot of times with that, with that making assumptions, sometimes everything ain't always what it appears. And so with that, just like how we will make assumptions about people, and also, when it comes down to making the assumptions about people, how we can be wrong, the same thing we have to understand pertaining to the decisions or the choices that we make, that the appearance may look good 
it may look good on paper. It may look good when it's planned out. But sometimes the execution, sometimes even the consequences will hurt us or even destroy us. And so with that, I wanted to say that with with the assumptions that we will make, you know, a lot of times we easily think, especially those that, like I said, grew up in church. Growing up, we used to think that, man, being saved was hard because me being transparent, I grew up at the time where we were at church. You know, blessedly, we weren't at church as often as some of the other churches, but we would have Sunday morning, Sunday school, Sunday morning worship service, Sunday night service, and then Tuesday night, Friday night, and sometimes during Friday night after regular service, somebody say, what time is it? Revival time, you're like, oh, my gosh. Or we're going to have a shut-in. When? Right now. Boop, boop. Oh, my gosh. And then Saturday, we had choir rehearsal. So we did have a little break, but there are some churches that were open. Like I said, I grew up in the 70s. There were some churches that were open every night. They had church. They had service every day. And you having to go to school was not an excuse. You take your homework, you get your schoolwork, and you bring it to church with you. And, oh, you bet not go to sleep. You bet not go to sleep. We had an usher. We called her. Actually, her name was Usher Man. Like those that know me and went to our church know her. She would look. We as kids, of course, we would have gum. We would have candy. And what she do is she get that old balled up paper towel. It looked like a toilet tissue with, <laughs> with all the lint and stuff on there. She would put it right there, right on your lip for you to spit it out. You're like, man. And then after church, right before you get to your car, you know what she did? She gave it right back to you. You're like, man, I don't want this thing now. <laughs> but a lot of times growing up, we thought, man, all this church, and it seemed like we couldn't do anything. It, it, it seemed like, hey, we were told. Now, thank God we have the understanding now. But like I said, this was back in the day. Can we play football? Nope. Play football? Hey. You're going to hell for playing football. Can I play basketball? No. Can I go to the movies? No, no, no. You're not supposed to do that. You know, uh, uh, can I listen to some music? Only if it's gospel. You can't do nothing. You can't do nothing. And you know what we say? Look here. Now, I ain't going to say who said it, but some of the kids growing up were saying it. You know what? When I get old, <laughs> I ain't going to church no more. That doesn't mean that they didn't love God, but there was some stipulations that they were putting in because of the lack of understanding during that time. You know, it was like you couldn't do anything. And so when it boiled down to it, some of the kids, when they graduated and got on their own, they just got wild. Or some of them, they felt like, well, you know what? 
Lord, have mercy. I've been good all my life. You know, I've been the good moral kid, and it seemed like all the other kids were having fun. But it looked like I was deprived. And those that know me, <laughs> growing up, I was called this. I was called square. I was called square. <laughs> you know, I was, I've been called square. I've been called faggot, homosexual, all that stuff because I was not out there like some of the other guys that were my age. Even now, I'm called that. But thank God. I don't mind them calling me that now. I can, I can explain that later. But I don't mind them calling me that. But first of all, I know who I am. Second of all, some of the ones that grew up with me, they were wilding out then. A lot of them, they got so many kids out there. Some of them are dead. Some of them are in prison. So with that, a lot of times growing up, you know, and uh, hopefully one of my cousins on here, she was a PK kid. Not just a preacher kid, but a pastor's kid. I'm not going to call her name, but just in case she on the air, I'm going to catch her later on. But a lot of times we feel deprived or we felt deprived. And so when we got on our own, it was party hardy. It was doing whatever you want to do. And there were no restrictions because now you're on your own. And so in the midst of that, sometimes we got involved in things that we did not do under our parents' house, uh, under our parents' um, authority, so to speak. So with that, what happened? You end up experimenting in things that you were not involved in. And so I know growing up, matter of fact, uh, this is me telling off on myself. Those that know me, like I said, I don't care. I'll tell off. But I remember, I believe it was the fourth grade, fourth grade or fifth grade, fourth grade or fifth grade, growing up when I was in elementary school, they would talk about sex. And so, of course, I just wanted to listen. And because me being a little boy, I wanted to fit in, but I didn't know anything. Look here, I was not the type that would get involved in things. I wouldn't shut. I was not having sex in the fifth grade. Actually, my mind wasn't even on sex. My mind was on trying to do my work and also love. I was a little kid that were writing the love letters and all that stuff, and it wasn't about sex. It was about really just expressing myself and just like now, telling them exactly how I feel, but it was not about sex. And so they were made fun of me, and they said, like I said, they called me square. They would laugh at me because they would ask me a question, and I would tell them, I don't know, or I would just guess. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, number one, I apologize just in case I do get, you know, get choked up a little bit. I end up um, had something go down the wrong pipe before I got on the earth, so I apologize for that. So. You know, y'all can keep me in prayer, but you know, don't get don't get fearful. But long story short, um, you know, they would make fun. And so really when I saw those kids, they were doing whatever they wanted to do. And also even some of the ones even when we were growing up and we fellowship with a lot of churches and stuff. And so we would see the kids that 
grew up in church, but then all of a sudden when they got on their own, you know, that's when they just went haywire. Or sometimes when they got outside of the church, sometimes who they really were were revealed. So I said all that. A lot of times we thought that, you know, we were deprived. God held some things back for us not to have fun. Um, you know, all these things. And when I say we, I'm not speaking about myself. I'm speaking on behalf of those who may have shared or even there may be some that may be watching right now who felt the same way. So I'm speaking on their behalf. And especially for those who, like I said, were church kids, preacher kids, pastor kids, all of that. So a lot of times we we, we would end up dimming into things and we knew better, but then all of a sudden what happened? We end up start having fun. And then we would do things we know we're not supposed to do. And then sometimes we would go to church, and it seemed like the wrong that we were doing, the preacher ended up talking about it as if he talking directly about us, and he was there watching us when we were doing what we're not supposed to do. Hmm. I remember um, – <laughs> I remember – I was at this church, and it was a respected church that we would go to. Um, it was in Kern, Texas. And at the time, this is me being a teenager. <clears throat> Actually, certainly not a teenager. I was, I was in my 20s, I believe. I ended up playing the drums, and the drums were right at the altar, right in front of everybody. And I ended up going into my pocket because we were getting ready to have offerings. So I went into my pocket, and when I pulled it out, I was trying to get some money in my pocket, but a condom fell right at the altar, right on the ground. So I hurry up and grabbed it, to hurry up and put it in my pocket. And they were speaking during a sermon, and it was like, oh, my gosh, I felt convicted. And so what I said I was going to do, after church, I ran across the street because the church that we were fellowshipping with, they owned the house that was across the street. They had it as the fellowship. They made that and converted that to a fellowship hall. So we would go across the street to have dinner and all that stuff. So I ran across the street to go to the trash can, and I looked. Nobody was looking. I lifted up the lid, and there was no trash can. That tra- excuse me, there was no trash bag inside the trash can. It was one of them metal ones that would end up making a sound with if you put a thing in it. So I'm looking. I'm like, oh my gosh! Now I know if I put a put that condom in there, it's gonna stick out like a sore thumb. So I went on. I looked around. Nobody was looking. So I went on and just threw it in the trash can and closed the lid. And I turned around, and the pastor looked at, hey, how you doing? I'm like, oh, uh, how you doing, you know? And so I did that because I was convicted. I was convicted because of the message. <laughs> but in all that being said, a lot of things that we have to look at, sometimes that sin, and I said favorite sin, but there may be people who may be doing multiple things. But sometimes that sin, when you think about doing it, it seems so appealing, fun. And the funny thing about it, now, when you 
first do it. You may sneak. You may, you know, you may feel a little guilty when you first do it. But sometimes some people, they override their conscience, override their feelings and their emotions. You know, you felt bad when you first did it, but now you're like, you know what? Let me let me do it again. And then you continue to do it until you weigh after. And so when it comes down to that first time that you do it and you may have felt guilty, you override your feeling. Like I said, you may have felt remorseful the first time, but then the opportunity to come and you weigh the scale. Well, you know, I'm, you know, it, it, it'll be okay if I do it. And we compromise ourselves. We compromise our feelings. We compromise so much. And we don't really understand what we're doing and what it entails. What are the risks of us doing? We only think about the reward of what we're doing, which is wrong. We only think about in our sight, in our eyesight, the reward or the benefit. But we never think about the consequences. And so with that being said, we got to first understand what is sin. Sin is anything that God does not want you to do. Sin is what we would call to miss the mark. It's just like, matter of fact, my Sunday school teacher um, actually eloquently described it, but sin is to miss the mark, just like playing uh, targets. And for you to make a bullseye all the time, but if you miss the bullseye and just slightly miss it, even if it's just a fraction, that's a sin. And so with that, there are some things that we willfully do and we know that we're not supposed to do it. Some of the things such as, and, and get this, sin a lot of time is so tempting Sometimes people feel like they have to do it. Something that's just as subtle as, hey, you need some extra money, but how about you go ahead and you kind of alter your tax return to get some extra money? You ain't hurting anybody. You didn't kill anybody. But what about something like that? Hmm. The reward is to get some extra money. But now think about the consequences of what if you get caught. And not only you owe Uncle Sam back, but you're risking a chance of going to prison. Something like that. And, of course, one of the main things that we talk about, huh? bypassing, of course, stealing. Stealing is wrong. Sometimes sometime people feel like that that's their only resort. I had to do it. You know, um, Somebody told me some time ago when I was at work, you know, their baby didn't have any uh, diapers, didn't have any uh, baby milk, so they had to go to the store and steal it. They had to do it. And some people, oh, well, you know, that's excusable. No, but to be honest with you, a lot of us, we know some people. And especially if you may have some people that you may know that may help you to even buy for you. But making sure that you're a person of integrity, because to be honest with you, when a person ends up burning the bridges, then what happens? A lot of times they have burned the bridges 
towards so many people, and then all of a sudden, nobody want to help them. But that's a little extra. But some people feel like, well, I had to steal, or, you know, I had to steal from this person, or I had to rob this person. It ain't worth it. You didn't have to do that. You just wanted to do it. But one of the things I wanted to talk about, sex. There are many people, it seems like that's one of the biggest crutches that they have in their life, that they feel like they have to go ahead and have sex. Now, time they feel like, well, you know, I'm in a relationship with this person, and that's the only thing that's going to help them to stay or make them stay. I have to have sex with them. Or what about, well, you know, um, I had somebody to tell me this. Well, you know, God understands my needs, but you willfully want to do that. I asked, and actually it was a young lady that said that to me, and I asked her, well, hey, how about you go ahead and marry him? Marry him? He ain't my type. Oh, he ain't your type to marry but he is your type to lay with you or you to lay with him. Oh, so in other words, you don't mind being used. You thinking about, you're not really thinking about, well, I'm just trying to get this, you know, I'm just trying to fulfill my needs or whatever like that. No, 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 no. You settling for that. Because that sounds like a conversation that he had with you. And so many young ladies, they compromise themselves. And I know that this is not just speaking about, uh, ultimately, it's, it is about sin. But let's get into the root of the problem. A lot of times when we really boil down to it, there are some things that we feel like that we have to do, but we really don't have to do it. But we, if we understand the consequences of the things that we get involved into, then maybe it'll help us to make a better decision in life. And so with that, you don't have to have sex. Get this. Nothing wrong with sex within marriage. See, the sex ain't the problem, but it's the timing that you have the sex in. That's the problem. So where it starts at, with anything pertaining to sin, and I'm going to come back to that, pertaining to sex. But where it starts at, it starts at a little seed. Sometimes it can be a seed of deception based upon what you feel that you are lacking. What you feel that you're lacking. Some people may feel like, like I said earlier, God may have deprived them of something. God may have shortchanged them of something. They may feel like, well, you know, um, God doesn't care, so I got to take matters into my own hands. That's the way some people feel. You know, well, you know, I'm tired of waiting on God for a husband. I'm tired of waiting on God for a wife. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to have to do what I got to do and get one for myself, get one on my own. And so instead of waiting on God, what you do, you take it upon yourself and you try to win him, not with your spirit or with your kindness, but with your body, with your sex. And you feel like that's what's going to win him over. But we have to understand how you get a thing is how you have to keep a thing or a person.
understanding just like when you look at the first opportunity of sin or deception, look in Genesis. What happened, Eve listened to the conversation from the serpent. Eve listened to the conversation from the serpent. She listened. She entertained a conversation that made her challenge what she knew what God said. Now, the serpent already knew God's word. The serpent was actually speaking through uh, or spoken through by Satan, but Satan already knew God's word. And unfortunately, Satan knows God's word better than some of us as a believers. He knows God's word. He just don't obey it. And same thing we've got to think about. We may know God's word, but if we don't obey it, we're doing the same thing that Satan is doing. Hey, just stating the facts. But understanding <clears throat> Satan, excuse me, the serpent, same thing, the serpent spoke to Eve and said, you know, well, if you eat of the fruit, you should not die. You surely won't die. And so what happened, she had it, and she went to Adam. And Adam knew, God told Adam directly. And Adam ate. And as soon as Adam ate, you know what happened? God asked, hey, hey, Adam, where are you? Long story short, long story short, in Genesis, it already said, if you eat of the fruit, you shall surely die. Now, a lot of times, people just automatically think, oh, that death, oh, uh, uh, but after they ate, they really didn't die. See, that death was not just talking about a physical death, even though they did not die immediately. They did not have a physical death immediately. Now, first of all, man was designed to live forever, but because of sin, sin brought death. Now, first of all, that death, even though they did not die immediately, eventually they did die, even though they were not designed to die. But the, what I have to bring up, it brought an immediate death, not physically, but spiritually. Death simply means separation. Now, first of all, that separation or that death actually was first a spiritual death between God and man. There became a separation because God is a holy God. And so what happened when uh, disobedience came, it brought separation. And Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden. So understand that death, even though eventually they physically died, but they had an immediate separation from God, a spiritual death. Physical death was delayed, but spiritual death was immediate. So understand, when we sin, they say, matter of fact, it said, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Uh, Romans 6 and 23, for the wages of sin is what? Death. So don't just look at a physical death, even though you may not receive a physical death immediately. 
But when you deal with sin, there is a spiritual separation. So we have to understand, hmm, if we involve in sin, and listen, especially continue, continuing practicing sin when you know, hey, look, leave that alone. Then what happened, we're continuing to cut the ties from us spiritually, but also not just a spiritual separation, but spiritual separation from God, but also our purpose, our identity. All these things entail when it comes down to sin. Now, the reason why I brought in Eve and the serpent, what we think, the thing we have to think about, the serpent was deceptive. The serpent had deceptive, in other words, had to bring a seed of doubt and deception in the mind of Eve. In other words, to make her look at, told them, make her look at things different than way the way that God says things are or the way that she's supposed to perceive things. So understand, sin will make us have a deceptive spirit and an altered spirit of how we're supposed to perceive things. See, God, if God says no about that, that means we're supposed to say no about that. But when it comes down to the seed of deception or even for us to be able to see things different the way God sees it, that means if God says no about that, we're going to say, well, yeah, okay. You know, it's like parting up against or partnering up with your parents' enemy or partnering up with your lover's enemy. You know, you think about somebody that's out there uh, hurt, harm your parent, your father or your mother. And that person is trying to hurt or kill your parent. And you, you're supposed to love your parent. You know, someone that loves you, someone that's doing for you. But instead of you partnering up with your parent, you partnering up with the enemy of your parent. If you, if you really think about it, so understand, there is a seed that will make you see things different. Satan will bring a seed to you to make you see things different than the way God sees things. And also, this is the thing. It don't take much. All it, <laughs> me. All it takes is a seed. <laughs> me. There's an old saying that says, all the devil needs is a footstool. <laughs> all the devil needs is a crack. I found out even for those who have dealt with rats or mice or whatever, I found out the mice does not have to have a hole the size of its size. All it needs is a little opening, a little crack. Why? Because it has no scales and it can squeeze in. But also I found out because we deal with pest control at our job. <laughs> I found out it has bad eyesight. That's why it stays on the corner, on the edges, 
could run. It has a bad eyesight, but it has a good smell. Hmm. So if a rat does not need an opening the size of his body, what about the rat called the devil? Think about it. All it needs is a little crack or an opportunity that you would allow him to come in to deceive you or de- bring deception upon you. In other words, to change your view because we're supposed to have the, what, the mind of Christ. And if there's an opportunity for him to come, excuse me, to come in, then what happened? He would change our view and our thoughts about the thing that God told us not to do or the things to do. So understand the devil, all he want to do is plant that seed. He want to bring, plant a seed of doubt to make you question, hmm, if God said, if God told you to go to church, that's all he wants you to He don't ever want you to have no life. He don't want you to have no fun. God don't care about you. God don't care about, you know, getting your He didn't want you to be, like, I'm going to say it like this. Let's be real. Uh, uh, God didn't want you to be a nun all your life. You got knees. You know, you want a husband. You know, how you how you going to uh, get your husband or how you going to get your wife when all, you always locked up in the church? You know, you got needs and all that stuff. Hmm. Now, I'm going to say this, and this, this is on my spirit right now. I have to say this because I do not want to forget it. And especially when you have involved uh, when you have involved yourself in something in the past, you know what he's going to do? He's going to bring it right back up. For example, if you have had sex in the past, and then all of a sudden you stop and you say you want to live right, and you're not married, you know what he's going to do? He's going to bring up your sexual past back to you to bring up that feeling of how you felt when you were participating in the wrongdoing. Hmm. See, when you deal with a baby, a baby, and you feed the baby baby food, that baby food does not have a seasoning, does not have salt nor sugar. So you continue to give that baby that baby food. There are some that the baby will like. There are some that the baby won't like. But when you find something that the baby likes, you continue to give it to him. It's helping him. It's helping that baby to chew. Uh, to uh, swallow, something that's not going to be hard on the stomach, all that stuff, and also easy to digest, okay, fine and dandy. But then all of a sudden, you've been so used to giving that baby that baby food that all of a sudden you end up giving your baby some food that's from your table. And so what happens, you're giving that baby some food that they never had before, the way that it was prepared for you, which was different than theirs. So let's just say if it's some collard greens. So you're giving that baby some collard greens. And it, hmm. See, now they're experiencing something they never had before. And then get this. When you try to give them that baby food over again, they don't want that baby food. They want that adult food or their table food that you have given them. Why? Not only because it's different, but now there was something that they've been exposed to that they did not have previously, which is the seasoning. Because adult food has seasoning. Baby food does not. So now you have given that baby some table food 
they don't want their baby food anymore because you have introduced them to table food that has seasoning. So now what they're what they're anticipating, what they're desiring now is no longer unseasoned baby food. They want some seasoned table food. So when it comes down to sin, sin now we have tasted something that was hmm, something new, something ooh, not just different, but it tastes good. It piques my interest. And so now when you go back and, you know, hey, you told God you're not going to have sex until you get married anymore. Forgive you and everything. We're just fine and That's what we need to do. That's what we're supposed to do. But then all of a sudden now because we've been introduced to it, whenever we are vulnerable, whenever we have a moment where we just to ourselves and we we may not be feeling good or or whatever we might have problems or things in our mind what's going to happen the devil going to bring back those old things that we were introduced to hmm. so understand we have to be careful in what we introduce ourselves to and making sure that we understand the full consequences of it but all the devil needs is a seed or an opportunity to introduce it to you so that way you will not lose the taste of it. And he will bring it up at an appointed time. I'm going to tell you this. I quit drinking soda back in – the last time I had soda was January of 92. The last time I had a soda, I think it was a Sprite, January of 92. But uh, I used to love to drink root beer. It was either A&W root beer or Birch, Burke root beer. Even though I have not had it for years, I have not had it in years, over 30 years, however long it's been, I still know what it tastes like. I still know what it tastes like. I think last time I had a root beer was might have been 90, maybe 90 or 91, 90, 89 or 90 or 91, somewhere around there. But I still know how it tastes. And I know the difference between an a A&W root beer and a Bark root beer. I know how it tastes, even though I have not had it in years. Sometimes I could be walking and God will put in my taste buds what a Coca-Cola tastes like or what a Pepsi tastes like. And I haven't had those in dog years. And so if that would happen to physical food, if that would happen to our physical taste buds, what about our spiritual taste buds? We have to be aware of that. The devil going to always try to bring up things to make you remember what you did, oh, you liked it. And let's be honest, some of the stuff we participated in, some of the sin that we participated in, some of them was not, oh, man, I'll never do that again. There were some that were, no, they were scary. Some some of them, it would scare us, and we would not do it again. Might have did it once. Hey, that was enough for me. But then there are other sins we enjoyed. There are some sins, look here, it would take God himself for him to say, look here, 
don't you do that no more. I'm having to take it. I'm gonna have to take the desire from you immediately. There are some things that look here. We were like, God, look here. Please don't say this is wrong. Please don't. But we have to understand there are some things that there are some things that we have had a taste in that it would actually get a hold of us. And that's what the devil wants us to do. He wants us to be we he wants us to be controlled by what we in or what we're dealing with. Now, with that seed or the opportunity that the devil is trying to throw upon you to make you what? To make you become someone that God did not ordain you to be. God did not ordain you. God did not make you or create you for you to be controlled by whatever, whatever sin, whatever situation that you're in. Now, understanding that there are some things that we have played with, like I said, and one of the things, I, 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 like, I like to talk about things that are relevant and things that a lot of us can associate with because, like I said, there are some people, it's like there are some people that just have a problem, especially being single. There are some people that have a problem or an issue, and they feel like, you know what, the problem and the issue is, you know, I don't want to give up sex. Well, you know, God understands we compromise. We compromise ourselves pertaining to that particular subject. And understanding God does not want us to participate in that in our singleness. Now, when you get married, hey, whatever you want to do, that look here. If it's agreed upon between him and her or whatever, then have fun. Do whatever. You, uh, matter of fact, I always say it like this. A husband and wife that are married, y'all need to give each other due benevolence. That's Look, God created, God created sex within marriage. But whereas the problem is when it's outside of marriage, or when it's not consensual, consensual, and you take it anyway, and that's something that we have to understand. You know, some people think, oh well, rape is only you know when it's someone that uh, you're not married to, or if it's someone that you know you take from them. But also, even within marriage, if you take it forcefully, if you take it unwillingly, that's rape. So what you married? That is still rape. So, boiling it down to it, when it comes down to being able to just realize God wants us to wait until we get married in order for us to be able to be benef- to receive the benefit of that waiting. Because when it boils down to it, understanding the consequences of sin or even that particular consequence, that particular sin has great, great great consequences. I want to talk about what are some of the consequences. Well, let me, let me backtrack. Now, a lot of times we play with sin. We think, well, you know, uh, uh, it's no harm. It's no harm for us to do. Oh, it's just a little white lie. Listen, all, first of all, all unrighteousness is sin, but also sin is deadly, period. Regardless of what it is, regardless if it's a little white lie or you being promiscuous or you robbing somebody, sin has a great consequences. And understand, is that something that God wants you to do? No, God wants you to grow up. 
God don't want you to continue in doing something that's not only harming your relationship with him, but it's also harming the relationship within yourself, also the relationship for your purpose and plan for your life. God asks us, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. In other words, no. Understand, now we're under... We're living under grace now, but grace is not a horse that we're supposed to ride every second. Like I said, when it comes down to the consequences of sin, think about this. First of all, the consequence of sin is death, and the things that you do, it may, it may become a physical death, okay, bypassing that. But also understanding that spiritual death, because the things that we do is separate us from God. And like I said, it separates us from the purpose and plan that God has for us and the identity that God made for us. Understand that the consequences of sin, and this is saying that just about all sins, I'm saying just about but all sins, but I want to really, really, really focus on about sex. The sinful nature of sex outside of marriage. Now, understanding with sin, sin is not only bringing a physical or spiritual death, but also it can bring shame. It can bring an embarrassment to your name and to the name of your family. Now, there are some people that do things, they're locked up in jail. It can get you jail time. But understand, you represent more than you. The things that we do, the things that we participate in, understand that there are people that will suffer because of your choices. We got to understand the choices that we make. There will, there will be people that will benefit from it, or there will be people that will deal with the consequences of it. And so it's more than just you. When I look in the mirror, I see me. But I also have to see I'm Dylan's daddy. Or I'm Rubens and Charles' son. I'm Jerry Ryan and Walter and Sheila's brother. I represent my family. There's more to me than meets the eye. There's more to you than meets the eye. So understand the choices that you make. Like I said, you may be just thinking, oh, but nobody knows. Listen here. I don't care what you do. You cannot hide sin. It may not come out immediately. But eventually, it may come out. Things that we do behind closed doors always get exposed to the audience on front of the stage. No matter what, you don't want to do anything that's going to bring an embarrassment. Don't ever feel like, like I said, don't ever feel like nobody will find out. That's what a lot of people thought. Not only a bad reputation, not only a guilt or a shame, but like I said, even pertaining to sex, think about this. Sex outside of marriage. It will bring what? Unwanted soul ties. Soul ties. Understand the people people that we may sex be sexually involved in when we are sexually involved with them, especially, like I said, outside of marriage, we got to understand we are having sex with them and the spirits that are within them. The people that we have sex with, they have a master that they're obeying. And most of the time, 
I ain't going to say most of the time, all the time, when someone is doing something that is outside of God's will, God is not being their master. They're not listening to God at that time. Or they may not have accepted God in their life at all. If they're listening to the devil and you're entertaining them, then, hmm, you are sleeping with the devil's or Satan's representatives. That's the way we have to look at it. We have to look at things at a deeper scale. We have to look at things not just in a physical, but most importantly in the spiritual. We have to look at things in the spiritual realm. So understand, the soul ties, and, and let's be honest, the people that we have had sex with, understand, when we have sex with them, we're entering the course of the spiritual world. That's why it's called intercourse, or you think about intermingle, intermingle in a spiritual realm. Even though we have a physical encounter, we have a spiritual connection that we're doing right now. It's the way you have to look at it. So when it boils down to it, you have to look at the people that you sexually involved with. Hmm. Not only are you having sex with them and their spirit, but every spirit that they're connected with. So that's the reason why I ask, is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? Understand this. What does sex do? Like I said, we're not talking about sex within marriage. Sex outside of marriage. What does sex do? Sex will distort your feelings, your emotions. Sex will suppress logic, your thinking, and even your spiritual thinking or discerning. Also, you know, I'm going to speak about sex a little bit more in a few minutes, but also think about this. A lot of times what the devil wants us to do, the devil wants us to what? To give in or just relax. So that's why, guess what he'll do? He'll try to introduce some type of some type of drug. It might be weed, marijuana, or it might be pills, or it might be alcohol. And understand this. One of the things I always tell people, even when dealing with alcohol, you know what you need to do? Go to the liquor store. I didn't say go in. Go by there and look. A lot of times you see signs up there. It may say wine, beer, beverage, but also another word, spirits. Spirits. Why is it called spirits? Alcohol, spirits, that's what you're inviting into you. And so now you're relaxed after you've had some of that liquor. You're relaxed. Why are you relaxed? Why do you feel, hmm, you feel so good? You feel so suppressed? Because that's what the devil wants you to do. The devil does not want you to be spiritually alert. He wants you to be spiritual numb to make dumb decisions. That's the target that he tried to do. He tried to suppress our thoughts, our emotions to make us give in. And then guess what? After he has suppressed us and made us miss sound judgment, making us miss uh, uh, our guards being up, 
making us have that discernment and making us miss all that stuff. And then what happened once we end up taking that alcohol or drug or whatever, and then we end up doing something that's outside of our character, what he's going to do, when you do it, then he's going to wake you up and say, now, look, now, why did you do that? The devil is the accuser of the brothers. So what he's going to do, he's going to make sure to influence you to do something and then blame you or ask you, why did you do it? He's trying to throw you out in front street. So, of course, he want to bring guilt, shame, embarrassment. He want to tarnish your name. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? So even with the sex, understand, the devil trying to make you become somebody that you're not. The devil trying to make you think, well, you know, if I just go ahead, ain't nothing wrong with having sex. Well, you know what? We're going to get married anyway. So ain't nothing wrong with doing that. See, marriage ain't nothing but a piece of paper. Or, well, you know, um, uh, uh, they did it in the Bible time. Yeah, there's a lot of things that went on in the Bible time that was not right. But guess what? They deal with the consequences, too. And they're like, they deal with the consequences, so will you. But also, not just the physical aspect, the emotional or the spiritual aspect, but also even the physical aspect, all these diseases going on. I'm gonna tell you something. <clears throat> I believe in being like I said, I believe in being honest and everything. <clears throat> we have to understand the devil wants you to be able to have whatever you doing or whatever you did, he wanna keep that wet in your mouth to have you to have that appetite to keep on doing it or go back into doing it. That's why, I'm going to tell you like that, for those who are seeking to get married, those who are uh, um, potentially dating or whatever, that, that's why it's so important for you to study the person that you may be interested in. You know why? Because I always, say, I always tell people this, the person is as freaky as the freakiest person that they've been with. Huh. So understand the devil wants you to choop, give in and get suppressed. So that way you can become someone that you're not. But along with that, understand that we are always gonna hmm, we are always gonna be wrestling with should I or shouldn't I do it. Understand the devil does not want you to do what's right. Matter of fact, even look at Romans, Romans 70 and 21. When I want to do good, evil is present. And look here, this was the man of God that said that, but understand, we have the power over whatever the devil may try to present to us. Because remember, the devil not going to make us do anything. He's just going to present it to us. But it's up to us to either receive it or reject it. Understand, that's not God's will for us to accept everything that the devil try to bring. And it's not for us to receive that. We, I'm going to have to fix this. Look like um, they're trying to close the podcast. Okay. But understand, the devil tried so badly to make you become somebody that you're not. <clears throat> and also understand the effects of sin is always greater than what we anticipate. 
you have to think about it. Satan gonna always make you feel that it's appealing. Gonna always try to make you feel like, well, you know, it's all right. Ain't no little, ain't no harm in it. He gonna always try to bring it up. But understand, you may think about, well, you know, I might just do it. I'm just gonna do this. Ain't gonna be no harm. It's just like somebody trying to break into a house. Well, ain't nobody there. I'm just gonna run in. And uh, worst case scenario, worst thing that can happen. Hey, they may not have anything. Or if I hear somebody pull it up, I'm fast. I can outrun. I won't get caught. See, that's what they mentally calculating. But in reality, you break into somebody's house, and as soon as you get in, you realize, hey, you didn't see any cars. But as soon as you broke in, there was somebody standing right there waiting. Poof, blow your head off. See, they calculated. I'm just going to run in and run out. But they didn't calculate them getting shot. And that's the way how the devil, the devil going to always try to present things to you, but he won't give you the full details. That's what the devil want to do. So understand, we have to first understand this. This is a mind game that the devil would try to do. They say the battlefield of the mind. That's the devil's playground right there. See, Romans 12 and 2 tell us, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word transform, I always say this, the word transform simply means metamorphosis. It means process, which means it has nothing to do with time, but all about your will. The devil is trying to make you change your will. Understand, excuse me, uh, the devil trying to make you change your spirit about whatever God will for you to do. The devil trying to make you change your spirit. The devil will break your spirit so that way your will can change towards God. But see, God is not trying to break your spirit. God is trying to raise up your spirit. The devil is going against your spirit and breaking your spirit to change your will, but God is trying to change your will so that way your spirit can be more like him and to recognize things like him. So understand, understand there's nothing or no sin too hard or too great for God to heal, for God to break you from. But the key thing is what we have to do, understand whatever that we're involved in, do we want to be released from it? Do we want to be delivered from that? And God's not going to deliver you from anything that you don't want to be delivered from. You know, there are some people who may have felt like, you know what, they got delivered from this, and then they went back into it. Were they really delivered? Oh, they stopped, and then they got back in. They stopped, and they went back in. Oh, but maybe I didn't do it right. But you know what? There are things you have to have help in. Look here. There are some things you may not be able to handle on your own, but you have to be able to recognize God can help you in that situation if you allow him to get in. But also on the same token, for you to be able to send yourself around people that are strong in that particular area and that are godly, that's going to help and minister to you. And also having that accountability partner that's going to hold you responsible and check on you and say, you know what, you can do this. Hey, hey, look, if God can do it for me, he can do it for you. Come on. You know, so understand when it comes down to these things, there's so much that we can be healed from 
but we have to get rid of those things that is turn us up. See, one of the things I found out, the devil ain't worried about what he can make you do. Because you can do something one time and repent and be sorry. The devil is more concerned about what he make you become. Because if you become it, it's part of your character. So in other words, if I steal this paper one time and I'm just so sorry, I don't want to do it again. Well, I stole it. That was a one-time event. But on the other hand, if I have stealing in my character, what happened? I may not physically steal at that opportunity, but I'm calculating when can I do it the next time. See, a skillful person that's operating in devilment and foolishness, they slick. Con game. They, they Look, at they run game, you can tell the inexperienced person versus an inexperienced person. An inexperienced person, oh, they sloppy. They messy. They can tell off on themselves. Sometimes you can tell by the body language, by the eyes. But somebody that's been skillful, somebody that's skilled in doing it, oh, shoot. It'll take an ask of God for him to wake you up and say, hey, hey, pay attention to that person. You're like, whoa. <clears throat> I'm telling you, God does not want you to do the things that he's hindering you from anymore. He does not want you to do that anymore. It's more to you than what you see. You have to protect your soul. Listen, the things that we involve ourselves into that is in disobedience to God, we're shortchanging ourselves. Matter of fact, we are preventing ourselves from receiving the full benefits of the abundant life that God has for us. It ain't worth it. It's not. Okay. Somebody wants you to go ahead and uh, have sex with them and, you know, for you to win them over. Or I'm going to say it like this because I've heard some young ladies say this. Well, you know, uh, he said that if uh, if we don't live together, then uh, uh, he, 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 he don't want to be with me no more. And plus, to be financially uh, 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 responsible, it's, it's cheaper for us to live together. Oh, in other words, it's cheaper for y'all to live together and risk the chance of being someone just for him to lay in the bed with? Okay, if he say it's cheaper for y'all to live together, then how about you tell him first, just go ahead and go to the courthouse and get married. Well, I don't want to get married. Well, you only be living with me. Why receive partial benefits and he and he receiving a full-time reward? He's he's look he's earning or he's doing part time wage part time wage but you giving him full time benefits you being his lover his cook his all of that and what is he giving you in a time in in return a hard time problems low self esteem all this stuff insecurity all that stuff. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? But you 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 say, you know, you you love him. What do you love of him? Or what do you love of her? It ain't worth it. 
I'm going to get ready to go to the phone line right now. I want to set the opportunity for um, someone to come on, and then we're going to get ready to wrap it up. Um, go to this caller right here. Uh-oh. There you go. Hello. Welcome to Rigging at My Heart. You're on the air. Hey. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You How you doing me? today? Oh, I'm good. How are you? I didn't, I didn't know if it was me or somebody else. I'm I'm doing great. Uh, once again, an, another awesome show. Um, I love the premise. Is it worth it? And then I also love the fact that, you know, you brought the, the attention that, you know, this is a spiritual oh, thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold, hold, hold on a second. I'm, hold, hold on. I'm so sorry. I forgot. I forgot to put you, put you on so everybody can hear you. Oh, no. Okay. Go no, ahead. No, you no, no. I said uh, I I, uh, I I love the fact that that you brought uh, um, uh, to notice that this is a spiritual thing, right? It's not. We're not fighting against this uh, flesh and blood. And how? And I love the fact how you brought in that when you make that decision to do um, the sin or whatever it is that to me is not worth it because I done been through it. I ain't gonna tell my whole life story, but. Um, it's just not worth it, um, and you're gonna have basically you're gonna have so much hell. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you, I, because of some of those decisions I made, it was hell. But I'm gonna tell you on the other side, on the flip side of the coin, uh, you done said all that needs to be said. But on the flip side of the coin, speaking about my life, man, just joy and happiness and peace. So, but uh, I'm, I'm so proud of you, and I, and I thank you for bringing up the fact that. This is not about the physical. This is a spiritual thing, and the devil will try to blind you to that fact by giving you physical things and, and keep those physical things in front of you, whether it's a man, a car, woman, whatever it is, he'll try to put that in front of you so you don't recognize what that evil spirit is doing to you until it's too late. Um, and so I just thank you for this message because it was, it was just an awesome, awesome, awesome message. And I'm just going to continue to tune in and, and learn more. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. And you know, um, one of the pe- one of the things I always tell people, I don't mind throwing myself under the bus, and I don't mind being transparent. But you know, um, I look at it. It's important for us to have these kind of conversations because a lot of times people just think, well, you know, um, when we ministering at the church or whatever that, oh. Y'all don't understand what I'm going through. Y'all don't understand my needs. Y'all don't understand the situation I'm in. Whether we all know which we really do, it's just a point of, you know, <laughs> sometimes we don't have time to say our whole backstory behind a pulpit. Sometimes, because there are some people, they're so busy looking at their clock, you know, sometimes we have to hurry up and get to the point. But platforms like this or sometimes when people see you know me or whatever like that you know we can get a chance to just talk and butter up and then sometimes i'm gonna say it like this i don't just automatically tell people everything if i don't know you my main thing if i if you earn my trust then of course i'll be able to share more things but everything i've said to anybody out here on in public or on the uh, podcast or on uh, social media, whatever I said, it's something that, look here, if it come back to me, hey, that's fine. You know, right. it's a council check. That's the way I look at it. It's a council check. Mm-hmm. But those deep things, only people that I trust, 
those that I love, I'll tell. I don't have a lot of skeletons in my closet. Actually, I'm a very transparent person. You know, if I have some skeletons <laughs> in my closet, I'll tell you, you know. Mm-hmm. But right. my main thing is I want to make sure that it's helpful. And I, I am trying to be wise and to see whatever I tell to a person, make sure that they're ready for it. Because there are some people, mm-hmm. oh my, this is another topic I may have to talk about one day, but there are some people <laughs> that we try to help, they ain't ready. Some people don't right. want to be helped. Some right. uh, Matter of fact, I heard somebody say it the other day, there are some people that don't want to be delivered. There are some people that just want to be rescued. Right. There are mm-hmm. some people, you know, there are some people, you know, they don't want to be, they don't want to be delivered from what they in. They just want to be rescued from the consequence of what they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. But as soon as right. they get rescued from the consequence of what they're dealing with, they're going to be right back doing right back. what got them in right trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, and so yes. that's one of the reasons why we got to think about, you know, is it worth it? It's not. Like I said, you know, uh, we grew up in church, and I realized being saved, it ain't hard. I'm going to say it like this. Most of the thing, and like I said, those that know me, I believe in being real and transparent. Most of us that are saved, that are single, the main thing we're looking for is financial blessing, a spouse, uh, uh, we want sex. But ain't nothing wrong with having sex within marriage. Right, right. You know, that, that's it. Having sex within marriage. So in order for us to have sex within marriage, that means we got to get somebody to marry. And so unfortunately, mm-hmm. many people, what they'll do, they take it upon themselves to go ahead and try to create a situation that they feel like God will bless, even though God didn't authorize them to go do it or go receive mm-hmm. that person, you know. And so that's something we have to think about. One of the things I always tell people, the blessings of God make it rich and add us no sorrow. Mm-hmm. So if the blessings yeah. of God make yeah. it rich and add us no sorrow or no drama or no conflict, that means if you're receiving a conflict, drama, hardship, uh, tears, misery, all that stuff, then that means that it's not authorized or sanctioned by God. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So, but but I'm I'm not gonna hold you, but yeah. I appreciate you. Oh, no, um, no. I, I, you 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 good you good. Um, I just wanted to say um, to to your point. I I didn't wanna. Uh, I just wanted to say, on this side of the street, living and walking in the spirit, I've had more. You talked about people saying, "Oh, I'm I, I want to have fun," but I've had more fun walking in the spirit. Sexually, mentally, uh, financially, I've had more fun and enjoyment on this side of the street than I ever had on the other side of the street. I just wanted to say that because you kind of brought that out. <laughs> but, yeah, I've had more more fun on this side of the street than, than ever. Yeah. Yes, and, you know, that's important because, you know, if you if you really look at it, you know, First of all, I always tell me we're spiritual beings, and that's the main thing we have to think about. We're spiritual beings first. We're spirit beings right. operating and living in the physical world. And so the things that we do, the things that we participate in, ultimately is going to affect us spiritually. And so you right. think about it, we're spirit beings first. 
then if mm-hmm. we do things that is against God, which is a spirit or which is spirit, then that means right. that we're doing things that is against our spirit. God created us in his image and likeness. And so if we're doing things outside of God's nature or God's desire, then we're doing things that is against our design. That's right. We're doing things that is against our makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what, what's called the uh, uh, snow? What's, what's that? Uh, snow? Frosty the Snowman. That's what it is. Thank you. Uh-huh. Frosty the Snowman. Frosty the Snowman had to be in a temperature 31 degrees or below. If he was in a temperature 32 degrees or above, he will melt. In other words, he's in an environment that's against his nature. (laughs) So so if we, as believers of Jesus Christ, is doing things that God did not want us to do or God did not authorize us to do, then we are actually in the atmosphere that's the opposite of our spiritual nature. And what's going to happen, just like Frosty the Snowman, we will melt because ice cannot dwell or live on a fire stove. That's right. So... I, I just I just had to bring that up, but I, I appreciate you. Yeah. And to be continued. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're gonna talk again. All right. Yes, sir. Appreciate yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to this phone line right here. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Reconnect My Heart. You on the air? How you doing today? All right. Well, we're going to bypass that one. Well, I hope that there was something that was said, and for us to understand. It ain't worth it. Okay, it may be your favorite sin, but you know what? That that favorite one, God can release you. God can heal you from that. But also, I want you to think about this. If there's anything you have done in the past, not only God can forgive you from it, but God wants you to forgive yourself from it. He wants you to forgive yourself. So this is time for you to be able to just release everything over to God. There may be people who may have depended upon the things. And of course, I mentioned about the uh, sex and the alcohol and all that stuff. And some people are using that to medicate themselves from the hurt that they have dealt with. But understand, God want to heal you from that. You don't need uh, any other type of coping mechanism other than God that want to help you and release everything that you have dealt with. Regardless if it's something that the devil did to you or you're dealing with the consequences of your choice or your actions, whatever, regardless if, if, if Satan did it to you or you did it to yourself, God want to heal you and deliver you from that. Understand there's nothing too hard for God. Understand the Bible tells us cast all of our cares upon him because he cares for us. And ultimately, what do we want? We want somebody that's going to care for us. We want somebody that's going to love us. But ultimately, the first thing you have to understand that God loves you. And also, God loves you, and he wants you to love you. And this is the time for you to be able to accept that you are for God's blessing. But most importantly, you're qualified for God's forgiveness. You're qualified for God's salvation. I can't save you, but God can. And understand that the same God that did it for me, he could do it for you. Don't ever think, well, you know, I ain't perfect. First of all, the Bible tells us, be ye perfect for I am perfect. That perfect does not mean flawless. It means mature. 
God can mature you into a place where you'll be able to look beyond the foolishness that you used to deal with to help you to be able to go beyond where you were. Like I said, God is not looking at you as an incomplete project. God looks at you as the finished product. Understand, God knew you while you were in your mother's womb. I want to share this with you. Not only God knew when you were in your mother's womb, but what God did, God made you and created you and made all the plans for your life. He did everything for you before you got on the scene. And when he finished with everything, then he allowed the seed of your father to be inserted into your mother, and that created you. In other words, he had everything planned out before you got into the scene. He Look, he went from start to finish, and then he went back to start and got you in your mother's womb and bring, to bring you out. In other words, the scene was set before you came out the womb. That's what you have to realize. God created everything for you before you got into the scene. So if he made everything for you before you came into the scene, that means that he already got your help, your life, health, and strength, all that available for you and accessibility to you. He has given you everything pertaining to life and godliness. Life meaning eternal life. He gives you everything pertaining to eternal life, but also godliness meaning godly living here while you're on earth. So don't ever think being saved is hard. Or God doesn't care. Look here. God cares more about you before you. Uh, God cares more about you not only before you care about yourself, but God cares about you beyond what you care about yourself. Why he trying to show you those red flags to let you know that that boy you're dealing with ain't no good or that girl you're dealing with ain't no good. He telling you for your benefit, but you got to trust him. You, you no longer can trust yourself. Understand, you can't trust yourself. So that's why you keep failing. That's why you're falling for the okie doke. Because you're trying to trust your ability when God tell you to relinquish your ability and trust his ability. Listen to his instruction because you'll fail, but he won't. God knows what kind of man you're looking for. God knows what kind of woman you're looking for. But when you obey him, understand this, obedience will keep you into the purpose and plans that God has for you. But disobedience will derail you. Disobedience will make you compromise, get less than what God has for you. Disobedience, stop being hard-headed and obey God. It ain't hard. I promise you, what God has for you is far beyond what the devil is offering you. I found this out. I found out that, first of all, Satan does not create anything but one thing. He is the author of one thing. He's not the originator of anything. God is the original of everything except for one thing. And that one thing is what? what Satan is the author of. Satan is the author of confusion. <laughs> God is truth, but Satan is the author of confusion. Satan is the father of lies, deception. And I, I have to bring it up because I want you to understand this. When Satan, when Satan tried to bring things He's not the original of anything. So what he has to do, he has to make a duplicate, a second or low-grade 
item in comparison to the upper grade that God has for you. It's just like, um, have anybody ever had to fill out a receipt or sign a receipt? And when you sign it, you have to press kind of hard because the top copy, you can read it. You can sign it. But then you have to pull the paper, and there's a carbon uh, – there's a uh, – I forgot what it's called. But it's carbon, and it gives you the image of what you have wrote on that top sheet. It's a copy. That's underneath it. The top copy is the original copy, but the back copy, the second sheet, is a copy of what was on front. So you turn off that top copy, which is your receipt. They want the original, but you keep the copy. And if you look at it, the copy, you can tell it's a copy because the, the look, on the original, you can read the handwriting, but on the copy, it's like it's scribble. That's how the devil is. The devil is a copy, is a cheap imitation of God's real thing. Cheap imitation of God's real thing. It's less than a generic brand. Get this. A generic brand may be a different company, but it has the same quality. But pertaining to Satan, God and Satan, Satan is not a a generic virgin. He he is a very much off brand, low dosage carbon copy. Understand what God has for you is the original thing. So I want to introduce you to someone that knows everything pertaining to what you need and who you are, and that's God Almighty. Just in case you're not saved, Romans 10 and 9 tells us, If thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ as thy Savior, and believe in the heart that God will raise him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Just in case you want to give everything to God, God encouraging you to give it to him. Every hurt, every pain, every anxiety, every weight, every worry, give it to him. And I guarantee you, when you give it to God, you you have it in the right hands. You have it in the hands of someone that's the original originator of healing and wholeness and everything pertaining to your purpose. So as we get ready to pray, we're going to touch and agree that whatever may be going on, that God bring healing, God bring restoration into your heart, into your life, into your mind. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you right now, God. We thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We come to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on today. We come to you right now, God. First of all, God, ask God to forgive us, God. There's anything that's in us that's unlike you, God. We give you permission, God, to come in, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness, and we receive your forgiveness, and we thank you for your forgiveness. God, we ask you to help us right now, God, to shake off the things that may be troubling us right now, God. God, we're speaking right now, God. Give us that desire to relinquish any and everything that's unlike you right now, God. Even the stronghold that's never made trouble make us feel that we can't go on without doing the things that we've been so accustomed to doing that it's against your will right now. So, God, give your people that desire, God to give up the things that are unlike you. Give up the things that are uh, not pleasing you, God. Give up the things that's hindering our relationship with you right now. In the name of Jesus, and we bind everything the devil stand for, we counsel the devil's assignment right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we hold up right now, God. 
that person right now, God, who got the news pertaining to the council right now, God. We speaking, God, that you touch and heal their bodies right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we speak, God, even to their blood clot right now, God. We speaking right now, God, that you thin their blood right now, God. Remove the clots right now. Dissolve the clots right now. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, we speaking right now, God, that you comfort the family right now, God. Comfort them, God. Encourage their heart right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we know, God, you are the great physician right now, God. You are the healer that can heal any situation and anybody right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, and we're speaking, God, that you help your people, God, to stay focused on you, God, to stay fixated on you right now, God. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, we're speaking, God, for those families right now, God, that look like they've been bickering and, and fighting, infighting right now, God. We're speaking, God, that you bring cooler heads right now, God. Let cooler heads prevail right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we're speaking, God, that you bring peace, God. Peace, God, that surpasses all understanding right now, God. We're speaking for deliverance right now, God. We're speaking for souls being saved and delivered and set free right now, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we're speaking, God, for those who may have given themselves off sexually, God. But, God, give them that desire, God, to repent to you, God, and get them, God, to be healed, God. Help them understand the identity that you have given them, God. Help them understand you and your identity, God. And as we seek your identity, you will reveal our identity identity right now, God. Help them, God, even to understand, God, that waiting is not a punishment, God, but it's a promise, God, of the blessing that you will have for them, God. And those who may be seeking for love, seeking for a relationship, God, give them that desire to seek you, God. First of all, God, to them to be healed, God, from old residue of hurt or pain that they have dealt with in the past right now, God. And so, God, helping them to understand what true love is and what true love ain't right now. In the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we speaking right now, God. Those who may be uh, dealing with addictions, God, regardless if it's alcohol or drugs or pornography, God, help them to understand, God, even though the sin that they in may feel good, but it ain't good for them. It may feel good to them, but it's not good for them right now. In the name of Jesus, so God, we speak, God, that you help them with their mind, God. Help them, God. Speak to their minds and let them know the danger that the devil is trying to put them in right now. In the name of Jesus, God, we know, God, even though the sin may feel feel good, but just like carbon dioxide, it may be good to our body, but it ain't good for our body. Even though it, we know, God, what the devil may try to do, the devil may try to do things to make us feel like it's good, it tastes good, but God, we know, God, that it's lethal, God. So, God, we speak, God, to help us to understand the importance of obedience to you right now, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we speak, God, for those who may be sick, God, touch and hear their bodies right now, God. Those who may be dealing with COVID, God. Those who may deal with um, uh, a low self-esteem. Those who may be dealing with troubled minds right now, God. We speak for the stability of the mind right now. In the name of Jesus, and we thank you right now, God. God, even letting this be an opportunity opportunity, God, to see you and to seek you like never before, God, to praise and to worship you and to obey you like never before right now. In the name of Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done right now, God, everything you're going to do, Lord. We're speaking right now, God. We hold up not just this nation, but nations as a whole right now, God. God, we speaking right now, God, that you bring in right now, God, bring in, God, bring in love, God, bring in unity, God, bring in obedience right now, God. Give your people that desire, God, as a body of Christ to repent to you right now, God. God, help us, God, 
to fix, to have everything set in place, God. God, first of all, God, help us to be ready for your arrival, God. And so, God, ask God to help us right now, God. You say, if my people shall, uh, which my people, if my people uh, shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then you will hear from heaven and heal the land. So, God, we speaking right now, God, that you help us, God, to repent before you right now, God. Help us, God, to repent before you, God. Help us, God, to get it right with you right now, God, and get it right with each other right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, help us, God, to be the example that you help us to be, God. Help us, God, to be the representative right now, God. Help us, God, to not just live your word right now, God, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I want to thank each and every one who tuned in. If uh, you have any questions or comments, or if you just want to just um, um, catch up with me, catch me on uh, Facebook. I'm Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Prater, Piers of Paul, R-A, Piers and Tom, E-R. Uh, you can see my daily devotion and um, videos. Also, you can go to my website, which is brotherprater.com. Uh, you will see my daily devotions and upcoming events and personal appearances. Also, you can go to the store section of my website where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to God and Fatherhood. Also, The Girl Who Was Her Brother's Keeper. <clears throat> I want to thank each and everyone who tuned in, and I hope and pray that there was something that was said that would encourage you, but also challenge you to let you know that what you're in right now, don't have to be the ending of it. Where you at right now in your life, there's more for you that God has for you. And understand that the devil does not want you to receive what God has for you. God has the best, but the devil has the worst for you. And so this is time for us to be aware of it and stop being fooled by the devil's games. So I want to thank each and every one for tuning in, and thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart Podcast. God bless you, and good night. <laughs>